I am an old like lady. The kids were reminding me that I turn 44 in a couple of weeks. How do you feel about that? Old. Faith made sure to point out how old that was. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, I can tell you from experience that 44 it's not is much not that worse bad. than 43. Okay. Hey, flush your toilet! Too busy to flush! Hey everybody, welcome to Too Busy to Flush. I'm JR. And I'm Molly. And if this is for your first time joining us, thanks so much for being here. This is our effort at bringing you around our table in a little digital hospitality. And uh, while we navigate a world where people are weird and hard, as we try to raise four children, ages 12, almost 13, 11, 9, and... Five. Uh, Elise is only eight. Sorry, forgive me Isn't for the she? for the struggle. Uh, we're in the middle of birthday season. We've had. Um, We've only had one. One. Another one. One soon. coming up. One following that, and then one following that, and then I'm a little bit later, and then Faith is a little bit after that. So, um, anyway, um, we don't know exactly what we're going to talk about every episode. Molly tends to come into the show with an idea. Um, however. To aid that, so you guys know what to expect, if you scroll down into the show notes, I will have a time-stamped roadmap of our content for the episode. So you can scroll ahead and see if there's anything remotely there that you're interested in. and um, Or you can be like, ah, like our pastor, Stacy, I'm going to call him out. He'll look through and go, I don't want to listen to any of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> or if you just want to have a virtual cup of tea with us. I don't know what JR is drinking. What are you drinking? Oh, right I am drinking my peak uh, Pu'er green tea fermented green tea from uh, peak teas highly recommend it there is a referral code in the bottom i love it drink some every day green tea specifically i've kind of fallen occasionally i have black but this is funny i was going to mention this is what i think i was going to mention last show so speaking of tea and drinking warm delicious things um all summer long i've pretty much gone completely uh coffee free i've um, switched over to tea, felt better, enjoyed it more, um, and just I'd have one cup of tea in the morning, I'd be good. Uh, and then the time change hit, and then suddenly I can't sleep past 6, 6.30. It's really weird. Um, so I'm getting up in the morning, it's dark for like two hours, I'm like, well, nobody's up yet, so I'm going to go have my devotions or do my reading. And um, you know what I discovered? It, coffee must be more of a winter thing for me. If I'm, or getting up early... If I stay up late like I was in the summertime and then getting up late like around, you know, nine or something, um, I didn't feel compelled to have coffee. But now that it's cold outside and dark and early, <laughs> I want to drink coffee for at least two hours in the morning. So I'm back to drinking some coffee, but I'm always still drinking some tea every day. Like I usually have mid-afternoon or uh, late morning is kind of my general tea time. Want some tea? Well, I also am drinking green tea, but I'm drinking a matcha green tea that I got on a Walmart pickup, and it was organic and all the things. And then I opened it, and it came in those little plastic sachets that are like pyramid shaped, Mm -hmm. which seem really fancy. But plastic in hot water is a really bad combination and leaches all sorts of microplastics into the water that you're drinking when you're trying aiming for something healthy for you. So I am a uber nerd and I 
cut open the plastic tea bag and I pour <clears throat> it into an unbleached paper tea bag and then I steep it in water. So I, uh, Molly, did I tell you that I got a sample pack coming from Peak? They yeah, have a mock. How do you pronounce it? Matcha. Matcha. They have a matcha yeah. tea. I'm, I'm, I'm actually not sure what the difference between regular green tea and matcha is. Um, but well, I know um, our 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 podcast friend. We're not actually friends. Over at uh, the Model Health Show, um, he actually went through a whole reason why like pu'er fermented pu'er teas are very different from regular teas. And I well, I don't but matcha is a style of green tea. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, Molly's looking it up and now. Peak produces a green tea mm-hmm. and a matcha. And a matcha and the fermented pu'er, which is what I drink. You guys, yeah. what are you drinking right now? What are you enjoying? What do you enjoy in the mornings? What do you enjoy in the evenings? Um, it, uh, you know, curious. We can take a, we can start a poll on Telegram. So anyway, all that, uh, what I, <laughs> where I started with what you're drinking is, uh, even if you don't find what's in the show interesting, uh, pull up a chair, make yourself a cup of tea, and, and just, just be our friend. Hang out. Pretend that you're in this Blackwelled soundproofed room with us. Yeah. It's going to be different. It's going to be a lot different when I'm done. I'm kind of excited. So, um, currently, while we are recording right now, Titus is going to a game night at a friend's house tonight, and... I volunteered him to bring his chocolate chip cookie, giant chocolate chip cookie that we talk about on the show quite a bit. Well, we haven't recently, but I I did not give him enough time, lead time to make it with my help. So he several times has come and mouthed things through the glass door at me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I pantomimed back to him, go get your phone and text me questions. So if I seem... As distracted as I am when we're recording at 10 o'clock at night, even though it's 2.30 in the afternoon, it's because I'm responding to questions from a 12-year-old boy who is baking on his own right now. I'm sure nobody notices anything. You were you were Maybe pointing, you were making motions with your phone to Tito through the glass, and I'm just carrying on like normal. Yeah, well, you know. Old broadcast habits. I also, that's just, that's parenting, right? Just multitasking all the day long. Yeah. Um, I do have a list of things that we can talk about, but I don't feel passionately about them like I did last week. I feel like I shot my shot last week and I'm still recovering because <laughs> I had so much to say last week. But um, I will say for those of you who are listening along with us right when our podcasts come out, and I know that a lot of you are not. Oh, before it, so it's Thanksgiving week and I'm going to try a new recipe for dessert on thanksgiving we are you guys if you remember the saga of the turkey in the majestic oven at our cabin last year and trying to keep the oven hot enough to maybe jr can link that episode the yeah the trick with that it is we do have a blog actually if you go back it's probably still pretty recent we don't we don't post too many blogs but if you go back and look at our blog on our website too busy to flush.com or tb the number two f.com um you can scroll through there and it's an old majestic oven i have a whole write-up on uh i think i even recorded what temperatures it was it's a logarithmic it's really interesting it's a logarithmic um versus a linear temperature temp scale it's a logarithmic temp scale so as it gets hotter the the physical distance that's measured gets smaller 
So there's a big gap at the beginning, and then it starts to get really, mm. really small, which is with like the a, like a sound console. The um, <laughs> so we anyway, we're gonna we also have a propane oven up there, and we're gonna cook a turkey uh, in the propane. <clears throat> Just regular, a normal turkey. A normal turkey in a normal oven. and But anyway, I last year I made this Mel's Kitchen Cafe chocolate chip cookie pie, which was very similar in terms of ingredients to a pecan pie because it's oh, got it's that like so good, you guys. buttery, custardy, real thick crust or filling, but it had chocolate chips in it that sink down to the bottom, but it gets that crackly top. And I decided to look up if I could make that, but just that the filling would be chocolate. And it's called a chocolate chest pie. Have you ever heard of chest pie? Like my chest? Or chest, chest like is the in game. Playing. And no. I'm not sure where this came from. Oh, I've got another question from Titus. Where is the molasses? In the cabinet, buddy. In the cabinet... Sometimes our kids don't look very hard for things. Coffee stuff. Well, he doesn't bake very much. No. By the way, you guys, we don't. The reason he's asking me about molasses is because I don't buy brown sugar. I have trained my kids that <clears throat> brown sugar is literally just sugar mixed with molasses. So in a recipe that calls for a half a cup of brown sugar, which this one does, we just put in half a cup of regular granulated sugar and then a drizzle of molasses, and. That's why he was asking that. So that's my trick for never having brown sugar go bad on me. Uh, I don't buy it. Anyway, chocolate chess pie. So chess pie is an old Southern thing that maybe even is from the Depression era. Maybe because it's got a lot of... No, that's vinegar pie where it was like vinegar and sugar. And anyway, chess pie is... Somebody not... A couple months ago, had made a vinegar pie. Maybe it was Matthew's wife. He Sounds shared terrible. on the Telegram. Uh, well, it was trying to recreate Depression era recipes. Like, there's a chocolate cake that is very, very simple. It's now called Crazy Cake, but it doesn't have oil and it doesn't have eggs in it, which makes it huh. very economical. And you use uh, vinegar, I believe, as the leavening agent. Anyway. Uh, chess pie was then made nationally famous again by the milk bar gal. So the guy, David Chang, maybe, who I'm started the there. Momofuku ramen restaurants in New York City. Then he created a dessert restaurant that was had a female pastry chef running it. And they're famous and can charge a zillion dollars to ship you a really delicious, beautiful cake all over the country, but they, I think she also, you could go into the restaurant or the storefront in New York City and buy chess pie, which is just a creamy, I mean, it's probably a lot like creme brulee. I'm, I think we were, you guys, we were traveling to, um, New York fairly regularly, um, about the time all this stuff was becoming really, really popular. My brother had a milk bar cake at his wedding in New York City. Yeah. When we were, cause her brother lived in New York City at that time. So, so anyway, uh, so chocolate chess pie is like eggs, butter, melted chocolate and sugar, and you bake it in a regular pie shell and then it gets that really lovely crackly crust. And then it's just like a brownie batter basically on the inside. So that's the recipe. I'll, I'll send JR the recipe if anybody wants to take a look at it. 
Um, also, before we What's dive into What's the weirdest anything, recipe you've ever come across? Because some of those depression era recipes sound pretty depressing. Um, the weirdest recipe I've ever come across. That's a really random question and I can't think of any. It's just a vinegar pie seems really random. So I thought, well, what other, or really weird. So what other weird things is Molly come? So it's just stuff that comes into my head. That's why I'm here. I'm not here to add substantive content to the show. I'm here just to <laughs> add some, uh, color. Okay. So I just Googled <clears throat> old fashioned vinegar pie. The re- the website southernbite.com. This old-fashioned vinegar pie is a super easy vintage recipe that makes a silky, delicious, chess-style pie your family will love. And then this person's like, what? Like, if you've made it this far, you're probably thinking one of two things. What the heck is vinegar pie? Or, my grandma used to make that. Oh, funny. So, um, and it says things like, it's a Depression-era thing. There were things like water pie, buttermilk pie. They became popular during the Great Depression because they included simple, inexpensive ingredients. Uh, Citrus fruits were expensive during that time and often nearly impossible to find, so ingenious cooks swapped the acetic juice from things like lemons for vinegar. Uh, So it gives it a tartness that helps counteract the sweetness of the filling. So vinegar is not the main ingredient. Okay. Doesn't sound as awful as it sounded at the beginning. Yeah. Um... (laughs) It's eggs, sugar, vinegar, vanilla, and butter are the ingredients. I don't know. Maybe we should have a vinegar pie and a chocolate chest pie. I was going to do something with fruit, but maybe I'll do vinegar pie just for fun. Yes. One block of Kerrygold is a cup of butter. Mm -hmm. Uh, So before we go any further... Let's pause and invite people to our December 16th Ooh, yeah. open house at our home. So we're going to have a Christmas open house potluck if you want. Uh, not potluck if you don't want. Uh, but you, we would request that you RSVP to us so we know how much chili and bread to make. And also, if you don't know where we live, you got to RSVP to get our address. Heck yeah. So that's, uh, we are, unless we have zero people locally who want to come besides our parents, uh, our intention at the present time is to only invite people via here on the podcast and on our Telegram channel. So you are guaranteed to encounter people here who agree with you that people are weird and hard. Yep. And you might have some weird and hard conversations, and you might have some delightful conversations. We hope for the latter, uh, but you never know. It might turn into the former. <laughs> Could be fun. Uh, yeah, so show up. If you fly in or drive in, we can probably try to hook, find a place for you to stay. So. Yep. It is uh, the week before Christmas, so we understand if flying mm-hmm. or driving across Montana. Or the United in, States. Or the United States. For all of our States. southern southeastern friends. Yep. So anyway, so there's that. Uh, I feel like everything that's been circulating in my mind this week has a sort of similar theme, but I'm going to have to verbally process it for the next 20 minutes to get there. Ooh, fun. (laughs) So here's the different strands of things that I've been thinking about. The first one comes from actually the week before, but I didn't have a chance to get at it last week when we recorded. And it's 
So we did talk about reshuffling of all the kids' rooms and all the kids have their own room. And a year and a half ago, oh, I hear screaming upstairs. That's not Titus. Uh, a year and a half ago, probably when Titus was in the what's the smallest bedroom in the house and he likes to be organized, JR was out in Seattle and could, said he could go to, it was more than a year and a half ago because it was just, it was in the wake of supply issues. What was I doing in Seattle? You went out for your brother's birthday. Oh, yeah, that was drove, a couple years ago. You drove ago. the van out. Yeah. And so you had space for an Ikea trip. And so I did all this looking on Pinterest and came up with a an Ikea, I don't know, with a Kallax or something, uh, desk wall shelving system where we could do a little bit of Ikea hacks, as one does, and have a whole wall of shelves with a desk kind of built into it. Well, JR shows up at Ikea and there's literally one type of shelving in stock and there's barely any of that. So he got what he could. It ended up working out just fine in Titus's room. I ordered a desk from maybe Wayfair or Overstock or something and we made it work. He's had, you know, a great bookshelf, some extra shelving made out of skis on the wall. Well, he moved into a different bedroom and Elise was pretty upset to find out that I had intended to move his shelving with him because he has so many books and there is enough space for them in the current bookshelf situation in his new room. Well, then the cat decided to take a nap on the shelves <laughs> while I was helping Elise move stuff into her room. And I was like, well, if that that's super cute. If the cat's going to stay there, I will leave the bookshelves here. And Elise needed something for organizing her stuff anyway. So I spent some time looking on Facebook Marketplace. And speaking of people are weird and hard, Facebook Marketplace is a great place to experience that. And I messaged probably 10 people over the course of a day or two about bookshelves that they had in stock. And nobody responded to me at all. So then I decided, uh, I guess we're going to have to get creative so I, I have always really liked just simple wood shelves, just two by whatevers. In this case, they're two by twelves because that's what JR's dad had lying behind the shop as leftover wood from building the shop. Actually, they were used as cement forms, so they had some dried cement on them. Not all of them were. Some of them were fresh. So, uh, so anyway, and then making shelves out of those in cinder blocks, and you can do different sizes based on the type of cinder block that you buy. So... I did end up picking up a solid wood, kind of cute, old entertainment center, not like one of the cheap ones that you see people dumping in that if you put a cinder block in the middle of it, it would crack and break down the center. And, oh, he wants to know where the vanilla is. In the bottle on the island with the vanilla beans in it anyway so so all that to say i i was like okay titus we've got a shelving solution for you he was on board with the vision and i said but it's gonna take some work so we went to ace and we got some stain and a stain foam paintbrush thing and i i had you set him up with a saw to cut the boards to the length that he needed and all this is going to say 
yeah, I think you went to work that night or something. He had to cut the boards. He had to get the sawhorses set up to then sand the boards because some of them had, well, they'd all been sitting outside. Some of them had some dried cement on them, but four two by twelves, he had to sand down until they had decent amount of grain showing and then wash the, the sawdust off of them and let that dry and then stain them. And he was so set. It was, it took him the better part of a Saturday afternoon and evening he was out in the shop while it was dark out, still working on let the stain dry, came in for side for dinner, and then went back out after it was dry and flipped it over to do the opposite side. He commented to me with at some point in this process, you know, usually I'm so grumpy on Saturday afternoons because I've gotten bored and I just want to quell my boredom with screen time and you say, no, you've already used up your screen time for the day and then I'm just grumpy. I haven't been grumpy all day today. And I was like, yeah, that's because you, you're experiencing the joy and satisfaction of doing something with your hands. And that's part of what you were created to do. And I actually, it took me a lot of self-control because he would come in and he'd say, do you think I sanded enough? And he's, he's not sanding by hand. He's using a little electric sander. So it's not heavy labor for him. And I think little electric sanders are super fun and a little project like this where you stain a board and all of a sudden you have this beautiful thing where you just had a board and now it's got the grain showing through and it's that it just, like staining wood is so satisfying it just becomes pretty so easily and so he i had to resist the urge to just take over for him because i enjoy stuff like that but first of all i had other things i needed to do and second of all I really wanted this to be something that he then puts up in his room, does all of the things by himself, and then he looks at that. And every time he looks at it, he goes, even if it's a subconscious thought, there's this satisfaction of, I did that. And he wouldn't have had that if I had just found some bookshelves that he could buy, even if he'd gone with me to pick them up and put them in that spot. There's zero satisfaction in having your mom buy you a cheap set of bookshelves and putting them there and filling them with your stuff. There would have been zero satisfaction for him if I had taken the project over. I would have been immensely satisfied. I would have walked into, I still walk into his room and I'm like, huh, I thought of that. <laughs> and yet for him, I just, as I've been processing all of this, being a man, how do we help our son in a world that considers masculinity toxic and that is so, everything about our modern culture, it seems like, is is set up to make weak, unmanly men in terms of taking responsibility for things, becoming physically strong, becoming emotionally resilient, uh, seeing yourself as someone who can do things for yourself, for your family, and for other people. All of these components that go into manliness that I've been researching recently and somebody who is passive and is used to doing having things be done for him and doesn't catch a vision of how capable he is and how satisfying it is to be capable uh, is never going to catch the vision for being who he was created to be and so just this little moment was a really satisfying 
teaching moment for me and a very satisfying creating moment for him. And I posted that on our Telegram page, just a picture of him and a little bit of that same commentary. So 70 or 80 of you have heard this spiel before. But I got some great feedback. Like Miriam said, I've been dealing with a lot of grief recently and I've turned to creating with my hands as a way to help my mental health. And I just think there's such a great connection between doing things that are physical and tangible, creating things, or even if it's not physical and tangible, it's beautiful music or, you know, something using your gifts in a creating way that creates a really deep sense of satisfaction that I think mimics the creator and helps us have a sense of granted you know everything we do under the sun right now is marred with the stain of sin but we still get this sense of satisfaction that oh this is what I was created to do and that was just a little taste of it I like that I know I definitely get um I definitely feel that way when I'm when I'm doing my mixing Mm-hmm. It's one of the very few things in the world. Like, it's just, it's funny. I'm, you know, my dad listens to the show and I don't want to hurt his feelings, but I don't look at the shop and like with Go, a sense I of, did that. I did that. Yay. It's like, oh, I did that and I never want to do it again. <laughs> I think I... It, it's a different, for me, it's a different sense of not everything that you do. I don't think you'll look at and go, oh, wow, I did that. You know, it's, it's not, I don't know. Some stuff for me anyways, more labor intensive is like, Oh, I did that. I hope it never, I'm glad it's done and over type of thing rather mm-hmm. than like, I'm looking forward to doing it again. When I, when I did the documentaries, so much work, I was so burned out by the time I was done with the documentary. And then a month later I'd be like, I, I kind of want to do that again. That's, That's like pretty being cool. Pregnant. It's like looking at, it's like looking at this <laughs> film and going, wow, that was an insane amount of work. And this is like, I have this thing, this created thing now that didn't exist before. And that, you know, that fills me with a lot of okay, excitement too. Okay, here's a, here's a jump that I'm wondering if you are interested in making. And in both the negative, like looking at something that was just drudgery to create, mm-hmm. where somebody else could have created the same thing. I mean, for me, that's like housekeeping. There are people who find it tremendously satisfying to clean the house and to have a tidy house to me it's it's a must be done i very rarely look at a vacuumed living room and go that is really satisfying i look at it i mean there are people i look at it go finally it's picked up i can move in this room i mean that's that my sense of satisfaction is oh it's not so cluttered and dirty that it stresses me out anymore but i also live with four kids and cleaning a house while you're well, you raising kids in it is like eating Oreos and brushing your teeth at the same time. It's it's hard to keep it satisfying for long. But truly, there are people in the world who take great delight in having the same vacuum lines oh, in their yeah. carpet every time they vacuum. My dad takes great delight in building things. I don't understand it, but and, he does. Great. And yet, you know, so we we there's a necessity to doing things that with our hands. And there's a satisfaction to doing other things with our hands. And we were created to do both. Yeah. And I think, so where I'm trying to tee you up is I listened to the first half of a sermon that a friend sent me on Ecclesiastes, 
recently. And this pastor said in his intro, it was just the intro to his entire sermon series on Ecclesiastes. And I will send you the link to it. It's a sermon series from, I think, 2018. So it's kind of old, but she sent me the first two sermons. I've listened to the first half of the first one. And he says it's been his favorite book for his entire adult life, his favorite book of the Bible, because it resonates so deeply with real life. And he was actually, he's never preached on it, even though it's his favorite book of the Bible, because he didn't want to ruin it by preaching on it, (laughs) which cracked me up that he said that. But he starts out and he says, if you are trying to share the gospel with a skeptic or with someone who's really beaten down, but is still willing to, to engage with scripture in some way. If somebody who, and he lists this just litany of adjectives, somebody who is tired, somebody who is skeptical, somebody who uh, has been wronged, somebody who, uh, and he just goes on and on, basically every negative experience in the human experience in maybe 12 adjectives. And he goes, have them start reading the Bible with the book of Ecclesiastes. Don't send them to the Gospel of John. Send them to Ecclesiastes. Because they're going to read it and go, holy cow, this is real life. I really resonate with reading this. And then send them to the book of Mark. Because Jesus answers all of the problems raised in the book of Ecclesiastes. But he's a deep believer in sending skeptics and hurt people to the book of Ecclesiastes. And I know that you, I don't know how many years ago, but you studied the book of Ecclesiastes really in depth for, I don't know, half a year. And anyway, any feedback? What was your, like, what did you love so much? I know that we discussed it. Actually, were we even doing our podcast when you were studying Ecclesiastes? Together? No, that was years ago. Okay, that's what yeah. I thought. So we really, you mentioned it off and on because it made a big impact on yeah, you. Yeah, the book, the book we studied was, um, was called, um, something in the mist. I'll Google it while you talk. Something in the mist. Um, and I wanted to go, I don't remember. Yes, I love, love, love the book of Ecclesiastes. I also specifically love through new eyes, a table in the mist, a table in the mist, through new eyes, table in the mist. Um, I love, uh, Ecclesiastes for a couple of different reasons. Um, followed up by certain passages and lamentations because they do echo what real life is. They more so even like a lot of people are like, well, I love David's writing because he writes, he's sorrowful here. He's in pain here. He's laughing here. It's just, I experience all the emotions and I get that, but I'm kind of with, you know, who you were talking about. There's, there's a resonance with Ecclesiastes that's so, uh, that, that, um, that's so indicative of this life. It's, it's that, it's that this is broken. I've just wasted my time on a, huge amount of things. I might be stuck wasting my time on a huge amount of things. Scripture acknowledges that. God acknowledges that and then says, okay, now, <laughs> you know, for lack of a better word, go eat, drink, and be merry. Um, but not in a shallow not way. Not in a shallow right? way at all. Um, but I had a blog for a while after that called Vapor and Sandcastles. And 
the premise behind that title was the idea that so much of the life we live and so much of what we do in our lives is vapor and sandcastles. He uses the, in the book a couple of times, I think he talks about, or maybe somebody else talks about building sandcastles on the beach. You're trying to build something lasting in life or do something meaningful in life. And it's, you're really just building a sandcastle on the beach. It's going to come get washed away and go home. And while that can be like, Oh man, that's really, really depressing. Um, there's also the admonition that that's just, that is what this is in life, but there is, there is more, there is more that, um, there is more there. And I, I guess I talked to a couple of people too, like, you know, I don't resonate with happy go lucky Christianity. I don't, I'm not. I don't get excited about super uplifting praise and worship music. I don't like, I've got really enthusiastic friends for the gospel. We're at church. Hey, you know, life is wonderful. Yeah. And I'm like, no, (laughs) not me. I resonate far more with, with the darker sides, darker things of life, the pain, the trauma, the suffering. And that likely that's a lot of it probably came from my divorce, but, um, I find that resonance and the integration of the gospel in that, and the hope that God brings in that to be very, very strong in, in Ecclesiastes. It acknowledges the mist. It acknowledges the futility of so much of what we do in life. It's just this futile. Like I'm making these, you know, I mix songs for people. You know, I go off and tour with a band. Yeah, I make some people at moment, in, you know, really happy in the moment. But at the end of the day, it's meaningless. And... Scripture, you know, Ecclesiastes not so, acknowledges that. So I would actually, from... I mean, I'm, not meaningless, but... That's, grand... that's the interesting thing. I'm no Ecclesiastes expert, because I just listened to 20 minutes of a sermon on it. But <laughs> <laughs> he does actually make a distinction between the Hebrew word that's used for that... That, you know, and remember Hebraisms, when you repeat the same word over and over, it's for emphasis. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Truly, truly, I say to you, meaningless, meaningless, says the preacher. Everything is meaningless. Apparently, he says that word 40 times throughout the book. Mm-hmm. And it, it, he says it actually is a poor translation to say meaningless. Because it's not that it's meaningless. Mm-hmm. It's that it's fleeting. Mm-hmm. And so vanity... You might have built a really awesome sandcastle on the beach, it, but it's cool that you built it, but it's not going to last very long. Yeah. That, so that's the distinction. I mean, so can you find joy and pleasure and contentment and satisfaction in building that sandcastle? Because if you have been to the beach and built sandcastles, it's super fun. When you do it with the right mindset of... Uh, let's see how many beatings by the waves this can take. Let's know that this will be, will be wet, washed away. But, oh my gosh, we're at the beach. And the beach is an amazing thing. And let's do something fun and satisfying with our hands while we're here with the right mindset. I also, I'm thinking very specifically of when we were in the Dominican Republic this spring, we built a sandcastle and the girls cried when it was destroyed. And it's, it's like, no, 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 no. You're, you're approaching sandcastles with completely the wrong perspective. And doing the sandcastle with the right mindset 
is not meaningless. It's fun and satisfying, and it very much falls into the conclusion of the matter, which is eat, drink, and be merry, knowing that this sandcastle is going to be washed away. So it's not... So he, in in the very few moments of this sermon that I listened to, he said meaningless is actually not a great translation. It is more that it's fleeting or it's a vapor. And you have to approach the troubles in life. And he says, you know, Solomon, whether Solomon actually wrote this or whether it was written with Solomon's voice. And he's like, I don't, I don't actually care to get into that debate at all because it doesn't impact the final meaning of the book. But he's Solomon has exceeded you and your human experience in every way. You think you're successful in academically? He's more successful. He's smarter. He knows more. He's wiser. He has more money. He's had more travel. He's had more relationships. He has exceeded the human experience, your human experience, in pretty much every way. And so he is the one to be saying that that the trappings of all of these experiences are fleeting. And, and in that case, when you have the wrong way of approaching them they are indeed meaningless but he very much feels that the appropriate translation is something more like uh fleeting than meaningless oh for sure yeah that's the same the book brought up that same thing um i love one of my favorite passages is there's a lot of good ones in ecclesiastes but um, kind of starting in verse 13 of chapter 5. There is a grievous evil, ESV, friends. There is a grievous evil that I have seen under the sun. Riches were kept by their owner to his hurt, and those riches were lost in a bad venture. And he is a father of a son, but he has nothing in his hand. As he came from his mother's womb, he shall go again, naked as he came, and shall take nothing for his toil that he may carry away in his hand. This is also a grievous evil. Just as he came, so shall he go. And what gain is there to him who toils for the wind? Moreover, all his days he eats in darkness, in much vexation and sickness and anger. Behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all the toil in which one toils under the sun. The few days of his life that God has given him, for this is his lot. Everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them, and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil, this is the gift of God. For he will not much remember the days of his life, because God keeps him occupied with the joy of his heart. And then moving into um, chapter 6, he talks a little bit along the same lines of um, God giving wealth and possessions to people who, um, who but not the power to enjoy them. Um, a stranger gets them. And oh. then, you know, um, uh, let's see. Yeah, just the enjoyment. But what I, what I appreciate um, is the toil part of it. We're all kind of given a certain lot, and God wants us to be content with it. Like a lot of it, like I couldn't read. I couldn't and, read. And content in having to toil rather than chafing at the toil that you don't like doing the stuff that doesn't result in being satisfying don't chafe at that or at the toil that is satisfying yeah but you're gonna chafe and things are gonna be hard because of the fall yes like we love planting trees but suddenly it's a pain to plant trees because the ground is hard and the right but, coming but isn't part in. of the point of ecclesiastes like hey look this is a vapor too the hard oh, part yeah. 
don't dwell on it and chafe at it because yeah you plant trees and half of them die over the winter and you have to rebuy them you build something and it you know something breaks yeah. on it you There's get chickens freedom. and some of them die you bake bread and you burn right. it but you have to find joy in in those you know you you there's joy to be found in those particular pursuits but the generally things that you already enjoy doing and the encouragement i see from this is like don't shy away from pursuing things that you enjoy doing mm-hmm. don't do don't shy away from those because you know don't don't necessarily get caught up in all the stuff you have to do and ignore those things like man i love i love doing x but i hardly have the time well, go pursue x when you can Absolutely. I, th- I think too, there's a, the, the seasons passage in Ecclesiastes comes into play with that because as a mom who, I, I remember being a young mom, maybe I had one, maybe I had two, I was sleep deprived. I was barely hanging in there in terms of getting things done on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And somebody was like, so what are you reading recently? And I was like, I literally cannot remember the last time I held a book in my hands that was not completely made out of cardboard. And I felt really dumb and ashamed of having that, uh, I, I don't know. I spent a lot of time on the internet when I'm nursing, like, and, and yet that's a season. There is for sure seasons where maybe you're, you know, who were you? You were, you had drinks a couple of weeks ago with somebody who works regularly works 80 hour weeks yeah. If you were to ask him, do you like your work? He would probably say, no, not a ton. It's shift work. I don't love it, but that's what the Lord has given me I to do. I think he actually likes a lot of the work. That, he just doesn't like the shift work. Yeah. But you know, the, it's, <laughs> it's what provides for my family, Yeah. which, and I'm grateful for it. And it doesn't afford me time for a lot of hobbies, but this is what the Lord has given me right now. So I'm making the best of it. But, you know, to say like, you know, maybe, maybe you've always wanted to play banjo. Maybe you should pick that up in your spare time. And he would look at you like, what spare time? Any spare time I have, I'm doing stuff around the house or I'm spending time with my kids. Don't encourage me (laughs) to to have satisfying hobbies right now. I'm just, you know, just surviving you know, with barely enough sleep. And so I think recognizing that there are seasons in life, you know, he happens to have... Well, doesn't he talk about that later in like chapter Ecclesiastes 8? I'm not sure. 9? He talks about the season, there's a time... Right, exactly. Chapter 3, there's a time for everything. Well, Um, and it's also a classic song from what, the 60s? To everything, turn, turn, turn. Speaking of which, 1960s music, do you not know that song? There is a season, turn, turn, I think turn. I, yeah, the turn, and turn, turn. Is it is it Peter, Paul, and Mary, maybe? Mm. Anyway, speaking of musicians from that off. era, have y'all seen Argentina's president-elect? He looks like, I showed Jay a picture of him, <laughs> he is a raging, hilarious, kind of mouthy uh, guy, but at the same time, he did an interview with Tucker Carlson that was really insightful. And he was like, look, Argentina went down the socialist path years ago, and we are a country in ruins because of it. Here's my advice for America right now, as you guys are barreling headlong down that path. Here's where it led us as a country. But I showed you a picture of him in this interview where he was referring to socialist leftists in his country with some very strong language that I'm not going to say on the show. <laughs> and I showed... I have to mark the show as E... I show, and it's not worth it to just say one word, but I showed JR 
the video of him saying it, and we both at the same time were like, he looks like he's part of a Beatles cover, cover band. band. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, to everything, there is a season song. Uh, let's see if I can get a quick result. By Pete Seeger. Uh, I'm not... The Birds. That's who's saying it. B-Y-R-D-S. The Birds. And they also, based on this YouTube result that I got, kind of look like any one of them could be Argentina's president-elect. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so so absolutely. He talks about their seasons, and I think that we can extrapolate out of that, recognizing what is the call that God has for us in terms of obedience and contentment in whatever season of life and in the right midst now. in the what i also appreciate about ecclesiastes is in the midst you have it gives you the freedom to go enjoy things on a weekend or an evening or whatever you want to do yes you know go enjoy those things because this is a lot of hard life right now so the moments you have take them and take them and run yeah which i appreciate because so much of life i mean you can look at the New Testament, and so much of life is is gray. I mean, there are some specific specifics in there on Christian living, but he doesn't. The scripture doesn't tell you to go pick a certain job or go do a certain task. Or you no, know. but I will say, I I don't think too many of our <clears throat> listeners need this admonishment. But there is when there is a certain pocket of women when they hear the you know go go. Take care of yourself. Do self-care, self-love oh, while you're... Make me gag on the show, well, Molly. Stop. No, I mean, th- there's a there's a real heart awareness and orientation that you need to have in encouraging someone, go do what makes you happy. You know, because if you understand it appropriately in the context of scripture, go find joy in good things that God has given to you as gifts. Does not mean being a selfish... Well, it essentially it doesn't mean don't turn that good gift into an idol, either the gift or yourself into Turning yourself an idol. Into an idol. Um, and so you know, as but it's a very hard thing to live as a mom, where you know I I have four kids that I'm around pretty much twenty four seven. I basically get off when they go to the library or go to do school at my mom's house, or. This weekend, we happened to have babysitters two nights in a row, so I didn't do uh, dinner or bedtime two nights in a row. That's not true. I did do dinner for them. It just was not feeding them dinner. Uh, and, uh, you know, and when you guys take them to judo, otherwise, I'm educating them, I'm cleaning up after them, I'm breaking up fights with them. And so, for me to be encouraged, oh, have be sure to have some me time, do some self-care, there's a real grain of truth in that because you can't pour from an empty cup, but there's also a real danger to bitterness and to comparison and to selfishness for how, and it's a genuine question that each woman has to answer for herself, which is how do I actually fill my cup with Jesus and with enjoyment of good things in a way that makes me not so depleted that I can't, be a joy for my family in the home, uh, but in a way that also does not diminish my presence in the home so much that there's it's a dis- the there should there's a distinction that should be made between quote unquote self care and normal rest from 
a given thing. I mean, on the one hand, it's healthy to have a rest period from your tasks and your toils. I mean, God instituted the Sabbath for crying out loud. <laughs> you know, if there's not, if that's not enough for you to go, okay, we should, you know, take a, you know, I need a break from my kids right now, or I need a break from my job right now, or I need, that's fine. Um, but nowhere in scripture does it say, you know, take a bunch of time out and focus solely on yourself and your well-being and how great you are and how much, how well you feel. It drives me nuts. Scripture talks about going out and serving other people. Yes. Spending time with the Lord. But it does not talk about this sort of it, selfish, it indulgent it, sort of thing. But I thing. would say just like somebody, you know, doing music for their own glory versus for the glory of the Lord. And even if, you know, this is this is another trigger for JR, but, you know, a quote unquote Christian musician who's not singing about Jesus all the time, he could be singing lyrics that are very similar to somebody who doesn't know the Lord at all but is singing a country song about the pain of the human existence. And one of them is doing it selfishly, and one of them is doing it to the glory of the Lord. But somebody in the audience doesn't necessarily see the heart. And so it looks the same to someone in the audience. And it's received by the Lord in entirely different ways because of the heart of the person doing it. Does that make sense? Makes sense. And so somebody, a mom, who is taking time out for herself... Uh, one, it could look the same, but one of them is doing it out of selfish, um, entitlism. And one of them is doing it out of a love for her family and a need to be rejuvenated in a particular way in order to love that family well. I think you need to be really careful. Like there's a, there's a a blurry line right there before it starts to become self-indulgent and sinful. I... I haven't seen anybody talk about it in a way that makes me think, oh, you're being a good Christian right now or a wise person. No, it all sounds selfish and self-indulgent at that point. So the other morning when you made breakfast and I stayed in bed and scrolled Instagram for 20 minutes with the door closed, was that selfish and self-indulgent or that was that leave mom alone so she doesn't have to feed you all breakfast and gets a little break this morning? It's totally morning. normal. It's totally normal. But you're not sitting there on Instagram talking about how much you need to care for yourself. But, you don't sit there looking at me and go, but it, I need to care for myself right now. I need some self-care. So you've got to go do was, this and I could have away. I could have said that to one of the kids who opened the door, like, leave me alone. This is mom's time. I'm, I'm recharging. Like I said, I think there's a, there's a blurry line between the indulgent sort of self-care stuff you see all over social media and a natural like, hey, leave me alone for a minute. Mm-hmm. There's, Which, there's a distinction there. By the way, there is a Bluey episode that is absolutely fantastic on this and unlike the children i cannot tell you the episode name or number and i'm pretty sure our kids could tell you episode like which season which episode number but dad gets home from work and mom's like i just need to go into my room for 15 minutes please don't let the kids in. I just, before I go make dinner, I just need 15 minutes of quiet time by myself. And the dad ends up spending all this time trying to head the kids off from, like, I just need to ask mom this. I just need to ask mom this. And he's going absolutely bonkers. And he, as the dad in Bluey ends up doing, he's playing games with them. And then it turns into this, he he gets the kids outside and they they have the entirely wrong idea. One of them... 
I can't remember exactly what it goes on, but one of them thinks mom doesn't like them anymore. And one of them goes and tells the neighbor something and the neighbor like hollers across the balcony at the mom, at Bluey's mom and is like, is everything okay? And she's like, I just need 15 minutes by myself. And the neighbor's like, oh, I've got your back. <laughs> Ends up entertaining the kids on the trampoline or something. Well, my, and then mom comes out and is just refreshed and doesn't so I, has had kids clinging right, to which her is all totally, day. Which is totally fine. I just, there's like this thing that rubs me the wrong way when it becomes... It's own. It's an entire thing. culture. It's a, yeah, I agree. When it becomes its own thing, like it's just like it's this thing I need to plan for and make room for in my life. When and get t-shirts just, made for. Just make it kind of like <laughs> most of the time. It used to be just organic. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting old, but it's just like guys. Well, I think too. I mean, truthfully, I think that our modern, our modern lifestyle does not lend itself to the rhythms of uh, the daily rhythms oh, of being. Point that human beings that create the f- conditions for a human being to do best in. I mean, one thing that women need more than almost anything else in order to be physically physically healthy as well as emotionally present for family and resilient from all of the noise and stuff is sleep. Women actually on average need 1 to 2 hours more of sleep per night than men. And we and I'm including myself in this, scroll the internet after we go to bed because we're seeking this self-indulgent me time or just want to zone out for a little while. Or we're just addicted to LCD pixels. And and it's the the blue screen. I mean, I'm I'm not saying anything that anybody doesn't already know. You know, that the blue light activates your brain and makes it even harder for you to sleep. All and iPhones so- have a blue light mode. It's called like night mode. It's it's a blue light automatic blue light filter. It's called yeah. night mode on your iPhones. There but what I'm what I'm Pro saying tip. is one of the best forms of self care that a mom can do is just get enough sleep. And for a woman, that's actually in the winter time. Because remember we talked about circadian rhythms last week. Man, Molly, and, I love you, but every time you use the word self care, I want to seriously, I just kind of want to throw up in my mouth a little bit. Well, <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: like there is a mandate to your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. I know. I just self care. Just. Okay, would you rather I say to take good care of yourself? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the ways that women can take better care of themselves and therefore be more emotionally present and joy-filled for their family is literally just to get more sleep. It restores your body. There are things in a cellular restoration way that only take place during certain parts of your sleep cycle and if you're not getting enough sleep your body is not physically your cells are not rebuilt appropriately in addition your i just learned this it's fascinating your cortisol levels follow your circadian rhythm and cortisol obviously is the stress hormone but it's also what wakes you up in the morning and so when at 3 a.m., cortisol in somebody whose circadian rhythm is appropriately done will be like picture a cup that's like half full. Uh, your cortisol levels will start to rise. And then once the cup, as the water's just slowly pouring in, right? When the cup starts overflowing, that's when your body wakes up. And in a healthy individual, this is after you've gotten sufficient sleep and when it's time to wake up in the morning. In somebody who has a, I'm going to use all sorts of buzzwords, a dysregulated nervous system or an unhealthy blood sugar regulation. Uh, Cortisol, if your blood sugar 
is not being healthily regulated, i.e. one of the ways is getting enough protein in the morning, hence, hence the sausage bites that we keep talking about. Uh, if, if you don't have your, if your body is not regulating your blood sugar well, cortisol actually kicks in and helps to regulate your blood sugar, which means that you're riding a cortisol high all day long. And when you go to bed, instead of the cup being almost empty of cortisol, and then when your body naturally starts raising the cortisol levels to wake you up in the morning, instead of as the cortisol pours in, your cup starts out two-thirds of the way full or three-quarters of the way full. And so as that cortisol starts to rise, the cup is overflowing and you're awake because you have a wake-me-up levels of cortisol at three or four in the morning. And you can't go back to sleep because your body chemically is like, time to be awake. We've got enough cortisol to be awake. And so, so things like that are actually more valuable as well as Immersing yourself in the word, of course, because... Nah, you don't need that. You just gotta get the circadian rhythm in life. Yeah, circadian rhythm. It's it's, it's where it's at. You know, but, and then I'm going to throw in the other thing is, and this creates the full loop on the Ecclesiastes thing, is, is do the satisfying things. Don't just do the brushing your teeth while eating Oreos, things with your kids all day. If you're a mom, do find the pockets for satisfying things, whether it's gardening or baking and then mentally know that this is a thing I made with my hands and it is good and I'm grateful for the opportunity to do this satisfying thing and then trust that if you're always at your wit's end with your kids that this is a season and rest in the Lord's provision for you in that season but trust that you will also have seasons where you can be more human (laughs) and actually do more things because your kids can buckle their own seatbelts And when you go out for friends and have a babysitter, you can tell the babysitter, make the kids clean the kitchen up after dinner. And the kids are actually capable of doing that, which is a huge step forward in life. And every time you talk about circadian rhythms, it makes me think and how much our bodies are in tune, I guess you will, with gravitation and rotations of the earth and all those things. We are either literally one with the earth and we'll go be part of Gaia or whatever when we die, (laughs) or God really did create us for life on this planet, ideally in a perfect world and not, we talked about this in, for those of you that don't know, most of you don't know, we talked about this in uh, church or in our life group on Sunday after church about, you know, a lot of people thinking, oh, when we die, we're going to go heaven. We're just going to be the spiritual world. It's like, no, I think that's, I think that's the way it works. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Um. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Um, we're going to head out of town. And the rest of you, when you have families, I encourage you to talk about uh, politics and the fact that some of your friends and family are not um, are putting sports over church. That will help your Thanksgiving dinner go really, oh really well. Um, I was waiting for Molly to say something, but she just kind of <laughs> took it. <clears throat> um, anyway, I'm kidding. Um, sort of. Talk Have about fun. the joy of the Lord. Troll the, the, the Lord. troll the person that needs to be trolled a little bit because it brings you joy. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Sorry. Um, be, share. Be kind. Jump on Telegram. We'd love to hear what I would love to hear. What you guys are all making for Thanksgiving? If you're trying something new, what your traditions are, etc. If you want to be a part of the Telegram community, you can do that with the link in the bottom of the show notes. It is a private group. 
And uh, it's a group of about, I haven't looked at the recent numbers, probably around last time I looked, it was around 65 uh, or 70. Erica literally just joined, so welcome, Erica. I did, yeah, welcome, Erica. Um, uh, it's a group of about 65, 70, somewhere in there, and then we have probably have half of that are really active. It's actually down to 57. I just, I'm on it right oh. now, I just looked. Wow, okay, so goodbye, everybody. We're less fun than we used to be, apparently. <laughs> so we're a small group <laughs> we now. Bring back we're the, a smaller. Bring back the polls. Oh, man. Yeah, people love the polls. Um... Anyway, you can do do that in the uh, in the link in the show notes, and then any other things we mentioned will be in the show notes. Um, I'll include a link to the birds and a link to this crazy Ecuadorian president, and a link to the peak teas, and a link to anything else that might the Ecclesiastes be book. Yep, the Ecclesiastes book. I'll link that as well. Um, I'm sorry, I feel like I failed in my. I was not prepared to do any expository. Uh, discussion on suppository suppository, suppository discussion, discussion on uh, Ecclesiastes so I might have dropped the ball on that one but I, I saw a meme me. the reason he said suppository you guys is I saw a meme that somebody was um, left a review for a church and said that it had excellent oh support. it was our pastor Stacy again he sent it to no, us no I sent it to him oh did you send it to him yeah oh, okay I got confused on that no then. I sent it it was he, it was a review of a church and the person was saying that it was excellent suppository preaching <laughs> um, which... Nothing but making suppositions, friends. You know what a suppository is? Yeah, it's where you dump stuff, right? No. A suppository is a pill that instead of swallowing, you stick up your hind end. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> so, well, I almost had to take suppositories when I was pregnant and was so nauseous. I knew it had something to do with taking a dump. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's where you dump stuff like a... No, waste, it's waste, a pill. A suppository is a pill that they stick up your bottom. That's funny. Because you, it, it's actually very absorbent skin. But it's funny how tissue. my brain works. Yeah. Like I heard suppository, I think Supposing. human waste. Yeah. Well, no, that was a joke, but I was thinking uh, human yeah. waste. Anyway. With, okay. Um, I, that um, was probably more funny to us than right. it was to everybody it's, else out yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, well, our show is called Too Busy to Flush, so of course it's going to be funny. Um, you guys, you can also send us a postcard um, if you want to know where we are at for the party, if you want to come to the party, etc. If you don't plan on coming and want to send your condolences, we'll take that too. www.toobusytoflush or www.tb2f.com. Toobusytoflush.com. Scroll down, you can send us a postcard. You can also email us at tb2f at pm, papamike.me, and you can... Um, leave us a review that'd be the number one way for you guys to show us how much you love us leave us a review share some content with your friends be super grand so uh that's all i got that's all i got too i gotta i gotta go make spaghetti for dinner see how titus's cookie turned out but it's tuesday don't we have tacos on tuesday we do but we're having tacos tomorrow at the cabin because oh. there's all sorts of taco making leftovers up there and so Fair that enough. was uh, it was a condition of life that was handed to me, not one that I had control over. And so like most of I'm life. making do, I'm adjusting around that in- uncontrollable part of my life. And we're having something super simple, satisfying, and that the kids love. It'll be a crowd pleaser. You guys, the entire show, I have a different chair that Molly's sitting in right now because I rearranged some things. And Molly's been scooting around at 180 degrees with her feet up on the table. Her My feet, feet are really cold. I actually put them on your lap She's for a like while a... for you to warm up. And <laughs> she it didn't put them work. on the count on the on the end table. That's not funny. Okay. Anyway. All right. We'll see you guys next week.